when we started doing this and we could quantify how much of their feedback actually led to change, which was substantial, we saw a number of things happen. Three things happened. One, they gave us more feedback because, hey, you're listening. And so I'm going to tell you. Number two, the quality of the feedback improved because now it was worth their time and effort because it was being acted upon. Number three, morale went up. If you're a tech leader looking to learn today's best practices for leading high-functioning teams, you're in the right spot. In each episode, we learn from today's top tech leaders as they share their successes, their failures, and their lessons learned along the way. I'm Debbie Madden, and this is the Scaling Tech Podcast, your blueprint for scaling tech teams. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. I'm Debbie Madden. I'm the host of the Scaling Tech Podcast, and today... I'm talking with Anthony Kobedge about his Agile invention. It's called the Retrospective Radar. Hey, Anthony, how you doing? Thanks for being on the podcast. Hello, Debbie. Glad to be here. Uh, so I'm really excited to dig in um, because the Retrospective Radar is something that I first learned about um, a couple months back, and I just had to tell everyone about it. Um, it really is a revolutionary way to scale aggregated feedback from multiple teams so that the feedback leads to like real and lasting change, which I know all of us practicing Agile for the last two decades, um, we're very good at, at embracing change. And I think this tool really helps make that change last. So before we get into what the radar is, I just want to give everyone a brief introduction to Anthony. So Anthony is the principal global digital sales Agile lead at IBM. That's a mouthful, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So at IBM, you you guide and train, facilitate and coach sellers, marketers, product owners, and executive leaders globally across all of IBM and how to apply business agility. Um, And so the the retrospective radar is something that um, you created uh, as a feedback tool for your own needs back about three, four years ago in 2020, correct? Well, actually, the radar came before that, but the okay. uh, the execution piece of how we aggregated it did happen in 2020 during lockdown, and uh, that was where I was able to get a little more um, consensus on how we would share that information, which we'll talk about. This makes no sense yet, but I promise it'll make sense in about five minutes. Okay, great, great. So, yeah, I want I want to I want to know more about what the tool is and why you created it, but. Uh, going a little bit deeper and how they, how it really creates lasting change is, as far as I understand it, I might be wrong, but the retrospective reader combines two meetings that we all know and love, which are the retrospective and the iteration planning meeting into one essential meeting using a visual tool to guide us. Yeah, and I, I think it's more of a session than a meeting because I, okay. I think a meeting has a negative connotation. Maybe I'm splitting hairs, but okay. the idea of a working session for the teams to come together and say, hey, not just what did you do, what are you working on, what's in your way, kind of stand up, and then the retro is like, hey, what worked, what didn't, what do we need to change? That's that's all helpful. And in fact, you know, I think that the gurus of this, uh, you know, Esther Derby and Diana Larson with the, their retrospective handbook, basically, right? They figured they figured out how to do this, so it's super powerful. And people have seen the value of it. Since then, a lot of people have come up with different ways—a sailboat version—and they visualized it, and they have fun ways of making a retro a little more interesting each time. So they have themes or whatever. And I liked all of that, but what I liked the most was the visualization, because if you can visualize it, you can talk about it, and in fact, you can prioritize the discussion. So by taking the time to come together and and share what worked. 
that should lead to, therefore we should probably do or not do this next. We should prioritize or not prioritize this next. So in my mind, going from, you know, at the end of one week and you, you finish a retro and then the next week you've slept, the weekends happened, days have passed, and now you're trying to set your next thing. It's like, well, you lost some of the mojo that was happening during the retrospective, which that, that goodness of sharing and learning could now be immediately applied to and therefore we should or shouldn't. And so it becomes a really helpful thing to just to combine the two. Is it a longer session than two individual? Yes, but you don't have the context switching. So you go from one thing right into the next. It's all tied together. So it is longer, but it's far more impactful and far more valuable for the team. And in fact, uh, we went so far as to say that was so helpful to us that we stopped doing the daily standups and we said, hey, if you have a way to share and you need help, we put a Slack bot together that says, if you've got something worth sharing, tell us how that's going. If there's something that we should know about, don't tell us what you're doing. This is not a stand to deliver. If you need help with something or something stuck, let us know if you need help with it. And if you don't have anything, don't respond at all. Like no response is seen as everything's okay, but then don't come to the retro with five things that went wrong that you didn't tell us about. Yeah. So some teams kept some cadences for standups, but a lot of them went to this asynchronous thing because the, the greatest value was in learning and being able to pivot from those learnings rather than here's what I did, here's what I'm working on. It just felt like, do we trust our people or not? Yes. So we created a better, what I think is a better way or process, an approach for that. So the retrospective yeah. radar took that idea of a retrospective. How do we come together and, and share and learn and combined it with planning to say, and how do we know what we would do next? But it went one more level. And this is what I think the genesis for this was. I, in my role, had 26 teams in North America when I started at IBM. And so it was I was hearing similar patterns of information, either pattern or anti-pattern, process or issue. I was hearing common threats. And those teams didn't work in the same industry, didn't sell the same products, whatever. So they weren't talking to each other. But I had the unique visibility of seeing it all. And I realized we have common issues. And you've probably seen this in software development teams or, or agile marketing teams. I mean, it just, it's anywhere. You're going to, because of the nature of the culture and the systems and the processes of, of your organization, some things will be similar. And if I solve for one, it would probably address or solve for many. But we had no sharing mechanism for that. And so I was like, how do you do that? So I applied the retrospective radar, which was really the combination of two things. And I'm going to share my screen to visualize this because it is YouTube. So why not? So I'm going to put this up on the screen and I'm going to share the entire screen here. And, and, I, will, and gonna... I will say that there is also a bunch of people that are only listening to this right now and, and not also getting the visual. So for oh. all of you folks, we will... I suggest that you try to get over to YouTube at some point. I'll try my best, and Anthony will as well, to walk you through this. But right. the, the visual on this this particular episode is is really impactful. Um, so yeah, go go ahead. I'm really excited to to walk through this with you. So it's two things. Um, there's the circles of control, influence, and concern. So think about target. Uh, you would shoot an arrow at, except that the center of the target's huge. It's much larger than the two other circles. Okay. And that's your circle of control. So that center bullseye is actually fairly large. That's all the things that I, as a team member, control. I don't need to get permission. I don't, I'm not waiting on someone else. I can go do that. Okay. I can prioritize and manage myself just fine. Or as a team, we can manage ourselves just fine. That's circle of control. The, the outer ring around that is your circle of influence. And this is the idea of either whom can I influence to help with something out of my control or 
who has the influence that can help me with the stuff out of my control. Often this is a manager or a key stakeholder or someone in a, in a leadership authority, management authority. And what you want to do is keep them close enough to understand why you need the help and the value of their help and, and, and have them close enough to reach out to frequently and often as needed. Mm -hmm. But then that third ring, that last outer ring of these is the circle of concern. And the circle of concern is I can't control it. I can't influence it. My manager, boss, key stokers, they can't influence it. That's just a thing and we can't do a thing about it. I'm concerned about it, but I can't do anything about it. And what we wanted to be able to say was all of our feedback falls into one of those three categories. So as a retrospective at a team doing a retro, we're now saying, hey, what did we learn that we can go prioritize ourselves and do next week? That's circle of control. That's you managing you. Self-directed, self-empowered, self-managed teams, right? But then some things, it's a process. It came down from corporate or whatever, and you go, boss, you know, could you help with this? Influence. And then some things are beyond them. This tool that we all use at our company doesn't talk to this other tool. And so every week we're doing manual exports to Excel and then imports, and it's data issues and this is a problem. I know my boss can't solve it. We can't solve it. We're concerned about it. Well, here was the beauty. We actually had that scenario happen. We had two tools that salespeople were using and marketing. So we had that, that piece of the puzzle added in. And we were tying these tools together through Excel, literally. So yeah. it was, and I, so when I heard about this, it was a complaint. And it turns out, oh, this has been a complaint for a long time. And I said, well, how much uh, effort does it take and what's the impact? I don't know. Nice. So I said to each team, hey, track, if you would, how often that happens, just mark it somewhere. And then let's just report on that and find out how often it happens. And oh, by the way, it'd be very interesting to know how much time that takes you to do that. Well, it turns out it's about four hours a month per team. Um, and I had 650 team members. So do the math, right? This is really expensive time. And they weren't selling. They weren't actually doing their job. And marketing couldn't get the data they needed because we didn't have the data input because we had this manual process. So everybody knows it's a problem, but no one ever quantified this qualifiable thing. Right. So I wanted a way to do that. So when you look at the circles, that kind of gives you a hint of how we think about it. But then the other part that's on the screen is the starfish, Debbie. Okay. The starfish is by a guy named Pat Kua. So I reached out to Pat and, and said, hey, I really love what you're doing. And I'm going to zoom all the way in so everybody can see oh, this. Yeah. Right. It's divided into five, like a pentagon. And, and those five sides are, you can do start doing something, you can stop doing something, you can do less of something, keep doing something, or do more of something. By the way, those are your five options on life. You don't have any more. Right? So, so he did a really great job of, of qualifying, hey, is this a thing I want to do more of? Start doing. I learned someone else did this. It would be great. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to stop doing this. It's not effective. That's self-management. But it occurred to me that from a feedback mechanism, wouldn't it be great I could say to my managers, hey, I'd like you to stop doing this. Wouldn't it be great if I could say to our senior leaders, hey, you should start doing this mm -hmm. and have a feedback mechanism that actually went to those people. Right, right. We were already capturing the feedback in the retros, but most of it was verbal. And so we said, well, why don't we capture it here on a template? So here's, here's what that looks like. And if I just show you the whole thing, it looks like it looks more like this. The retrospective that everybody's familiar with is basically three columns. What I, I use the phrase, what added value? what did not add value, and what are the new and improved ideas that we've just learned? 
Right. And, and we and all know so there's the team, many ways that you can many ways to do this. Light and dice this, but, but this is a this is a, a common This way. is my version of it because we focus on value prop for the customer. So our big focus is what's in it for them, not what's in it for us. Right. So we talk about creating and delivering value as part of our OKRs as well. So that's our management system okay. in between the goals and the KPIs. All right. So those three things exist. And what would happen is they would then have a sticky note of their color and they would put the things from that last iteration that w that added value didn't. And usually these are processes, right? right? Processes, maybe a system issue. And then there were the ideas and this was the discussion. So no one pre-filled the ideas. We only pre-filled these two. So we came to the meeting with this already done. The link is shared. And now when we actually talk about it, we group things and we talk about them and well, how did you and why would you and how could we and what would happen if? And that leads to new and improved ideas. So what will end up happening, and I'm going to come off of this, is is we actually drag them over to the new retrospective radar, which is a combination of those three circles, control, influence, and concern, overlaid with Pat Kua's starfish. Right. So, so it gives us the ability to say, hey, senior leaders out here in the orange, start doing this. Any stickies out here are for them. Any stickies in more of green right here, this, this teal, that's the team saying, I'm going to do more of that. Right. So just just to add on top of what we're saying, um, I don't know that I can even do a better job than you've already done des describing it verbally. Um, but it, we're, we're kind of taking, again, the, the, the core of what we, we know, retrospectives, mm -hmm. we're right. adding a, another layer of detail. We're doing the, the start. So instead of many of us do start, stop, continue, we're adding also do more of and do less of, which I love right away. And I know it's not a new thing. It's been around for a little bit, but I, I love that. Um, and then we're further adding on who are we telling to do Correct. more, do less of, right? Is it, is it Bingo. something? Because what, what I'm sure many, like it happens, it's happened to me for 20 years. You do retrospective, you feel great. You group some post-its, you dot vote. And then, then you walk away with the thing and you go, well, I can't do this thing. And then, you know, that's the stuff that never gets done. But, um, this this tool overlays the like who really has the control who really has the pain and it's not just flipping a switch but okay we, we want you to do a little bit more of this we want you to do a little bit less of this and so it's a really powerful um yet simple way for teams to communicate Super not simple. only up but across teams right? right because that's where the real waste is you said four hours per team that at first it didn't sound a lot to me until you said how many teams you 26 have. 26 teams. <laughs> and I was right. like, well, now it's a lot. Now we're talking about a lot. So I, I love, it's, it's all. Awesome. it's not four hours per team. It's four hours per person. Oh, four hours per person. <laughs> right. So this was really, really, really costly to the all business. Right. And, and everybody knew it was an issue, but no one had quantified it. So what right. I was able to do was start to say, how do we take this verb, this feedback, actually do something with it, capture it, and then act on it? That and I'm going to show you how in another screen just in a moment. But let me real quickly. And I, will, just... I will add, um, and I don't know that we actually specifically said this. So this tool is available for everybody for free. For, yeah, free. for free, anybody mm -hmm. can use it, and we will have yeah, the link as a, in the show notes. Yeah, anyone. Creative can... Commons license, and okay. I, I was uh, the the makers of Mural, which is the tool I'm using. Mural. Yep. Um, gave me um, a, a, a the link in the show will will actually link to the template that I was able to make and put into all of Mural. So I mean, anybody who has access to Mural gets to use it for free. Great. I'm building one for Miro, M-I-R-O as okay. well. I just haven't got that finished yet. Okay. But um, but I should have that here soon. And then that'll also be free for people to use. So this part is free. There is a backend piece that 
we are building that I'm building. I have a team doing this where we are going to make that portion for sale because that's that's the really heavy lifting. Okay. But I'm going to show you what we did with the spreadsheet, which anybody could do, right? So it's not too hard. Great. All right. So in the first screen, I showed you what it looks like blank. This is how it works. This is how it lays out. So what I did is I have an example of here's a team that went in and they put their sticky notes in and then they dragged or in this case, they duplicate. That way we can see what where things came from. So we actually duplicated them and those sticky notes stayed, but they then said the duplicate they put in the area that made sense. Were they going to do more of than it went here? Once they're done with it, I changed the color of them. Now, the reason I did that is really very geeky, but it turns out that in Mural, you a sticky note has a color. It's called a hex color. And so these hex colors, which is just a web color, right? I now say any sticky note with but that has this this D00, D03 must have come from circle of concern stop doing. So when I export it to Excel to a CSV file, that's how I know where it came from. Oh, okay. So it was just a really easy it's hack. Like a unique, and it worked. unique identifier. It's a unique yeah. identifier really and it works distinct. well, right? So it wasn't trying to map to XY coordinates, right? Right. Yeah. We, want, we want to do stand-ups done. Was that something we want to do more of? Stop, like you'll never. Now never you know. know. And now we have that data. So we know anything in the middle, the team is prioritizing. Anything in that, they're asking the manager. There's two things they want the managers to stop doing. One stop, three less of. Okay. The senior leaders, two less of. One stop doing, two more of want to keep doing and it's all valid feedback and i I do i do want to say it is an interesting um uh very quick way for someone that's not on the team to say okay are are the things that the team is raising um part of their team or not part of their team correct it like if there's 10 things in this circle of of control where i like i'm on the team and i can do 80% 80% of this, that's a very different story than if everything I'm saying, start, stop, do more, do less, is two layers removed from myself. And, and then, and then so you now you have a way to something. represent that. Right, right. right. Exactly. And, and it's all actionable. And this was the, one of the big things we'll talk about in a minute is when we started doing this and we could quantify how much of their feedback actually led to change, which was substantial, we saw a number of things happen. Three things happened. One, they gave us more feedback because, hey, you're listening. And so I'm going to tell you, number two, the quality of the feedback improved because now it was worth their time and effort Ah. because it was being acted upon. Number three, morale went up, which surprised zero in my mind, but it was a a wonderful thing to see. We do a, a biannual survey that ask different dimensions. One of those dimensions is, does feedback lead to change? And it's often not very good, you know, in some areas of the business. Some people, now I can't, it's such a big company, it's hard to change. Well, we actually solved that. So your feedback does lead to change. In fact, we could quantify it. So when they saw and they experienced their feedback leading to change, we went up 30 points in six months and and the the rating on that now, one. Do 30 you points, know, which is huge. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a, that's a congratulations. Um, and Thanks. do you know what percent um, of IBM is is using this tool? I don't know that number because we started this as a pilot with those 26 teams and now I have it in different areas of the business. I know it's in marketing. I know it's in client engineering. I know it's in sales and I know it's in system. Okay. But I don't know the exact total number. Yeah. So no, I, can, yeah. I don't have okay. that. I mean, um, this, this, but this seems to me like a tool that if a team uses it 
and all of these positive things happen, that, that there would be some sort of internal word of mouth, right? And, and I assume yeah, that there has been outside there of the been. This and, and how we use OKRs has also really taken off because it's really given us a lot of clarity with alignment. Yeah. And client, client-centric focus and business partner focus um, over IBM focus. You know, what's yeah. in it for us? We focus on what's in it for them, which, because if you do that, if you focus on what's in it for the client, you should win, assuming you have a good product and you're fairly priced, right? So right. we just we just have that point of view. Yeah. So what right. ended up happening, and I know we just got to keep time rolling here, yeah. is I could aggregate that. So I could take all of that feedback across all those teams and do an executive summary of where, how many sticky notes. And the sticky notes are a proxy measurement, right? right. 806 are for people choosing. The vast majority, 84% of all the feedback was for the team to self-prioritize. Mm. Awesome. But yeah. 10% of it was for managers, 6% of it was for leaders. And oh, by the way, here's the rolling 90-day average of how that's changed over time. But then I did one thing more. Because I had all that text verbatim data, I used Watson Natural Language Processing. And you could use Google or pick anybody's NLP program, but we use Watson because it's ours. Yeah. And it works really well. So what I was able to do is say, hey, Watson, take all of the feedback for Circle of Concern. Take everything for Circle of Influence. Take them together, take them apart, and tell me the sentiment, the emotion, the keyword frequency, the theme, the patterns. And so it did. So what I was able to do is able to quantify from qualified information, patterns and anti-patterns, and then we could measure that to say to our leaders, these are the things that need to change. And here's why. Here's what we need to do more of. Here are the things that it's causing pain. And and so the leaders now had something, that that, that tool where the one tool didn't speak to another. Once they saw... The cost of that, not just the, the 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 physical cost, but like the wow, I didn't realize it was that big a deal. Now they quantified something that was just tribal knowledge, like oh, it's a problem, but what do you do? Well, we could actually solve that, and so it was within sixty days, it was solved. Something that had been going on for a long time. Right, right, right. Because it's the way the the way you're aggregating the information, the way you're presenting the information. Does the tool, does the radar? Um, do that aggregation for you or is that no. where so okay. you export you export okay. and this was the manual part right this is manual because yeah. right. uh, I didn't have an automation for this at that point but if you take all of these sticky notes here and you yep. right click you can download these as and I could choose a CSV file for example okay right or a PDF so the CSV then gives me the ability to see the text I'll show you an example and let me just pop this up over here open with Excel and I'll put it on the screen. So I'm giving a little bit away here, but here, here's what that looks like. So these, these are the actual things that they talked about right here. This was the background color, which lets me know which circle and which segment it came from, right? And so I have all that data and then who wrote it or whatever I have. Right, so now we're looking at well. the, the Excel file or the CSV file. Just and to then I imported those into this pivot table, right? So this okay. large sheet of pivot tables, we would bring the data in here and then we would able to represent it. So I had all these different teams here, right? All these different teams, and I could filter by team, and I could understand the percentage of feedback we're getting from them, and then what percentage was for senior leaders, about a third, 34%, and then the rest was for senior managers. Now, I'm, I'm not filtering against circle of control. Why? Because the teams are managing that. So they've already got that. So we're only looking at the feedback right. outside um, of their control. So I'm looking at okay. both concern. It, but I could look at one or the other. I could just look at influence. I could look right. at influence right. and concern, whatever. I could do it by segment, show me everything and stop doing by status. This was the big key. Remember I said teams really like it when you could show them, oh, by the way, this is how we're getting results and this is how your feedback leads to action. Well, this was it. 
So we had a way to look at this and we were able to say by day range or whatever, show us the segment. You know what this says to me? The majority of the feedback was in less of. That's stop the stupid. There's stuff we're doing that we shouldn't do. Stop the dumb stuff. Let's fix the dumb stuff, right? Every company's got this. Why are we doing it that way? Well, that's kind of the way we've always done that. Well, what if there's a better way? Oh, by the way, second highest, start doing. In other words, those closest to the problem have ideas about how to solve it. Yeah. If you would just listen, right? And so this gave us a way to say, hey, by team, and each manager was responsible for, for doing this, by team, how many of those are started under consideration, in progress? We don't know what you mean. We need more info. It's been completed. By the way, these are real numbers. These are, yeah. Now, I I changed some of the text down below to Laura Mipsum, you know, to keep it uh, private. But but these are real numbers. Uh, look at the amount of completed. The right. vast majority of feedback is acted upon. Right. Well, they felt that and they liked that. So guess what? They give you more feedback and better feedback and morale improves. And right. So this, this to me, game like- changer. Yeah, this to me is so powerful because, you know, it's very hard for an individual, let alone a team or multiple teams to really remember, oh, last year, leadership team did the stuff I asked them to do. Who who can remember that? It's, it's just right. too hard and it's too amorphous and you just can't really wrap your head around it because you don't even yourself remember like all the details, right? What did I it's ask too much. specifically? What did my other teams ask? And now we have the way of saying, okay, these number of requests were actually, right, you know, not started, completed, in progress, asked for more information over time, and then you can slice and dice it by team, by time horizon, absolutely, by, by any, by any dimension. Concern. And now, and now, even if you don't, you know, uh, mentally remember, if if you're if you ever want to kind of go back and check on it, you can. Especially also for new people joining the team, um, it's such a powerful, oh, I come here, I share my feedback, and look what happens. It's right here. It's not, you know, it's not folklore. <laughs> it's, 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 it's real, right? It's real. So, yes. And not everything gets, gets approved. Some things we say, no, right. we can't do that, right? right. It's not right. a panacea, but, it, but what it does do is we start solving the little things. And it's iterative. So if we're 1% better at, you know, every week, that's not a lot. But in 50 weeks, that's 50% better. Absolutely. That's huge, right? That's always the power of iterative work. And so what we wanted to do was say, how do we quantify qualifiable information? Why, Debbie? Because feedback is a gift, but aggregated feedback is actually actionable intelligence. And that's yeah. what we have. Yeah. So we could look at this and then look for the patterns. Again, running it through a natural language processing program, I could say, show me all the teams that have stopped doing. What are the common themes there? And then we turn out, oh, someone solved for that over in team A and teams B, C, D, E, F all would benefit from that. Awesome. Let's go share how that works so they don't have that pain anymore. Or let's show them a better way. We had a simple one uh, with some of our marketing and sales teams because we bring them all together. Product, marketing, sales together. They all are independent organizations, right? But we bring them together as part of our, our, our teaming structure to talk about how do we own this together? Well, it turns out seller, one of the sellers had figured out um, how to do a new set of subject lines with really compelling content that was getting like 40% more click through, not just open rate, like crazy higher. And then it was converting well. Well, we were able to teach marketing something about that, right? And and so it wasn't just one team seller went and helped another seller. Yes, all the teams started doing that because obviously it worked, but then we shared it across teams. And then we went back to marketing and say, this says something about this pain point and this persona. Let's talk about that on this landing page because it's resonating. Mm-hmm. And so now there's a, there's a reciprocal 
um, loop of feedback that is now this constant evolution of how do we get better together. Mm -hmm. And it's not sales versus marketing, it's sales with marketing. Right. And it's right. the product team understanding you want to focus on this on the product. Great, but that's not why they're buying their product. They're buying their product because with this, oh, well, let's talk about that. Let's build the roadmap and skew it towards that. So now you have this great thing where communication is leading to coordination, which is leading to real collaboration. And it's breaking down silos, even in a huge enterprise. So when we do that, we take your feedback, we make data out of that, we quantify it, we represent it, and we act on it. And what it should do for you as a team member is go, huh, what else could I do? So now we're taking the lid off, the glass ceiling starting to be broken or removed, and we're seeing ways for teams to wonder what if. Now we really get into experimental, which yeah. that is a big part right. of agility, right? right yeah. Is how do you have experimentation? Right. Because right. no one ever innovated uh, by doing more of the same. Right. Right. You Absolutely. innovated when you had a when you disagreed Absolutely. and you had a contrarian point of view. We make that safe and we visualize it. That's amazing. Well, I listen. Um, sadly, we're out of time. Um, this has been uh, so informative and fun, and um, I'm really super excited that that as many people as possible um, get to hear about this tool, the Retrospective Radar. Anthony, thank you for bringing it to IBM and to the rest of us outside of IBM. Of course. Um, like I said to everybody, all the details on where you can access the tool are going to be below. And um, and I hope everyone really uh, checks out the Retrospective Radar because it really has a power to not only change large enterprise teams like you've done for IBM, uh, and, and the teams that you work with, but also um, many, many types of companies across size, across industry, um, really powerful. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Debbie. All right, take care, everyone. Hey, everyone. If you've enjoyed today's episode, remember to subscribe, give it five stars, and more importantly, share it with someone that you think will benefit from listening. And remember, as always, think about the one to two key takeaways that you can apply today to help you and your team achieve your goals. Until then, keep iterating.